nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to tonight's San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, we got a full table tonight here. Uh, we got from the Striker, Texas, Mr. Jonathan Check. How are you, sir? Um, doing great. Glad to be on the show uh, for the first time this year. It has. I've asked you a couple of times. You said you wanted to wait till closer. We can't get any much closer to the kickoff of uh, off of uh, SAFC here. Uh, also, uh, right next to him is Royce. How are you? What's up, y'all? I'm uh, I'm here. Let's get it. I see you're in uh, full season uh, mode already. You got your cup, you got your shirt, got your flag, and you got the flag up at the house. Let's go, baby. I'm excited. Right I'm excited. Uh, and then we got the uh, uh, was it the ZZ Top? Uh, was it, <laughs> was it uh, best dressed man? Uh, Rafa, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. How are you? You're looking pretty nice in, in, in that new kit there. Uh, yeah. You wanted to show it off. Yep. Nice little patch, finally. So I got it this <laughs> Saturday. Pretty good. You know, I prefer Adidas jerseys, but hopefully they'll get a contract for them soon. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're going to start out with, uh, do we want to start out with the Jose news or the last preseason friendly news? Which one do we want to start out with? I think preseason. So this last preseason, uh, the last game here, uh, San Antonio faced off against RGV. Uh, it ended up being a 2-2 draw. Um, once again, San Antonio FC got up by that great 2-0 score, only to see RGV come back at, at the end and, and equalize here. So um, outside of the normal uh, you know, shenanigans from RGV and, and the social media team down there, uh, with, uh, you know, the stampede and stuff here uh, about San Antonio giving up another two-goal lead to RGV. Uh, we'll start with you, Rafa. Any any weight uh, to the um, to the match that you really give? Uh, it's just preseason. I'm not too worried. I'm sure. I'm sure those two goals are probably given by or either academy players or a bench player. So it's nothing. I think what what counts the most is what we did with the first team. Yeah, you no, know, they got the two goals, and one of the actually they posted the video with that that free kick shot was a nice, nice, beautiful shot. So, uh, like I said, things are looking up. I know we had a really tough preseason schedule, but having a tough preseason schedule is going to get you ready, you know, for the rest of the season, especially the home opener. So I, I expect good things on Saturday from you know from what we've seen these last few weeks playing all these games. And then we're going to bring in uh, Royce's uh, little lineup here uh, when we go to him. Up top, uh, uh, Dylan Patino, uh, Hopano, Nathan, 
PC Lima Lindley Gleedle uh, on the uh, right, not the left, which was normal. Normal uh, Camiri, um, Deplain, and Fear the Beard, Mr. Cardoni in the goal. So, uh, Royce, your thoughts on the lineup that was presented, uh, you know, for the final match against uh, um, RGV, and is this who you think is going to be the starting lineup, or just more? you know, get some time in, you know, uh, before the season gets started. This is not at all what I think the starting lineup is going to be. Um, and the two goals that we, that uh, SAFC scored in the, uh, in the first half came from a, a really bad mistake in the back from RGV. Looked like the uh, goalkeeper and the, um, their right center back just ra- straight up ran into each other and Patino mm-hmm. took advantage of putting in the net, uh, which is kind of similar to um, uh, the goal against Austin FC where they had kind of a, a bad back pass and Patino took advantage, which you need that. And that is definitely a, um, a result from pressing and, and we're a pressing team. So that's a good result. And the second one was just a howitzer shot by, uh, by Lindley. Uh, so you love to see that. And, um, uh, this is definitely experimental. Um, Gledo's normally on the left side as a left back. He can also play right back. He's versatile that way. Um, but it kind of seems like uh, they want Gleedle to get up more. That's the wrong lineup. Um, they want uh, Gleedle to get up more, um, and I think uh, and I think and PC is going to get up more as well. PC will also go to the midfield and help out there uh, to let Lima or Lindley go forward, and uh, Hopal's more offensive there, as is Nathan. So uh, I would have loved to seen um, what that game looked like. I'm sure. Um, as, a, as everybody else would have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure RGV was under a lot of pressure, um, and that's what that looks like. That lineup looks like a very high-pressure lineup, and that, it, it looks exciting. Even as a quote-unquote kind of that's your – a lot of those guys are your reserve players. That's still a pretty solid USL championship lineup, even if it is the reserves. So that's very exciting. Jonathan, your thoughts on the lineup and the game? You know, I'm not sure. You know, with you being part of the Striker Texas, if you were able to attend or not. I know it was closed door to the fans, but I'm not sure if you were able to go. Um, your thoughts on your thoughts on the you know preseason overall and the RGV matchup here? Uh, first of all, no, I I was unfortunately not able to see the match. Um, I know in the past, like Kyle Mankey. In, way back in 2016, I think he got to see some of the closed door friendlies right. in preseason. But uh, as far as <laughs> as far as I can think of, I don't think they've ever extended that offer uh, in any of the subsequent years. Uh, anyway, not to beat a dead horse, but yeah, it was definitely an experimental lineup. I think the biggest evidence of that is the center back pairing, um, Kamiri and Deplagne, I believe it was, or Deplagne, however. I, I'm anxiously awaiting that pronunciation guide, Preston. Um, He's, uh, <laughs> the, the immediate guide, please send. He, in um, his interview, it's Deplane, but obviously Deplane. Deplane, I'm sorry, Deplane. Uh, I'm not, okay. I don't have a French accent, but he to shorten it up. It's just Deplane is, is what I heard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so hopefully SAFC was able to kind of uh, figure out maybe a plan B, um, try some guys, you know, like we talked about, Gleedle was playing on the right instead of where we would expect him to be on the left. Um, I think it is interesting to note both of the goals, according to SAFC's recap, both goals they conceded uh, late in the match were off set pieces. Set pieces yes. So, uh, you know, maybe just 
that center back pairing and, and the defense as a whole just not being as comfortable with each other, not being as dominant in the air. Um, and if I, I know Rafa earlier talked about how it's just preseason, you can't really trust the results. And if you want a great example of that, um, I, I actually hopefully will have an article going up uh, at the Striker Texas soon uh, once it gets edited and everything. Uh, where I talk about how preseason re results don't matter. But uh, last year, SAFC ended their preseason with a 3-1 loss to RGV. And that's pretty much the opposite of how both season, or both teams' <laughs> regular seasons went. So take it with the entire shaker of salt. Yeah, if memory serves me right, the last preseason game between RGV, I think they've done pretty much every year since the first year, SAFC will typically get a get a lead, and then RGV comes back and either ties it or like last year, then they ended up you know pulling it all the way out. And and like I said, I think a lot of it comes from the changes because that's when they scored is when they started subbing in players and along, along right. those lines there uh, for that here. So and then you know, I heard it was set pieces that uh, you know that they scored on, which you know and to me I thought it. To me, I thought it was the perfect way for Coach Marcina uh, to end it. So he got to see his first team um, probably look very good from what it sounds like being up 2-0. And, and from what I've heard, RGV really wasn't, you know, in the match. Um, but yet, you know, giving up the late goals, letting RGV come back in, it gives him that bone to chew on saying, hey, and I know he's, you know, said it in the press, you know, presser that we let up at the end. It's a 90-minute game, not a 60-minute game. So I think it's one of those two things where I think he's happy with the first team, um, but I think it still gives that little, you know, little barbed wire push that, you know, that he can, you know, that he can uh, uh, put on the team this week here. Um, so it's it starts live uh, against Colorado Springs on uh, this Saturday here. So uh, for that here. The other news here, uh, Jose Gallegos did return from uh, the trial with uh, uh, Bayern Munich and uh, surprise reports, uh, Barcelona um, also uh, took a look at him here. So uh, we'll start with you, uh, Jonathan, since uh, Royce and, and Rafa have already kind of talked about the opportunity here, but uh, your thoughts on the opportunity, <coughs> excuse me, your thoughts on the opportunity uh, of being able to go over to Europe for Jose? Yeah, uh, it's obviously a tremendous opportunity, um, you know, especially when if, if it were even kind of a, a smaller Bundesliga club or La Liga club, you know, you'd say he's still going over to Europe. He's still I mean, heck, we sent Ethan to a second division uh, Belgium, Belgian club like any Absolutely. experience over there is it just kind of gives you, a, a, you know, that that extra experience that extra environment and you know you have to go over there and you don't know anyone you've really got to just show your best um but especially because it was Bayern Munich and Barcelona uh those are tremendous opportunities even if you know nothing comes of it uh I'm sure he would have learned so much I'm sure he would have been just completely honored to even get a look and uh I think it's important to remember he's only 19, I believe. Maybe no, he's probably still 19. So uh, yeah, 19. It's it's only experience that's gonna make him better going forward. Um, the one negative, I guess I would say, is 
he did spend weeks, maybe a month away from SAFC. I mean, we haven't seen him in any preseason matches that I can recall. So uh, right. I'd be maybe a little worried about his chemistry with the rest of the team, um, especially because you look at the guys up in attack. There's mm-hmm. not, you know, there, there aren't really many guys from last year, but uh, Jose is a great player. You know, sometimes all it takes is him to just dribble through defense, draw three or four guys, and, you know, it leaves space for Dylan, Bettino, whoever. Um, I, I just hope maybe we can get some some closure soon enough. Um, you know, is, is there not going to be a move? Uh, is there going to be a transfer in the summer? Who knows? Um, some, some sources I talked to said that hopefully there would be news to share a week or two after, you know, it was first announced and we've gotten silence. Mm-hmm. Royce, your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, obviously I think the, the week, um, the, the two weeks between the announcement and us actually hearing anything, which it was more like a month. Uh, those two weeks were obviously, I'm pretty sure it was the quarantine, um, that he probably had to go through when he went over there. Uh, but I mean, it's super exciting. It's Barcelona and it's Bayern Munich with an SAFC player. It's insane. It's pinch us. We're dreaming. It's insane. And I'm sure Jose's the same way. It's, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, that just means all the eyes in the world are on him. Now, if, if you are, uh, if, if you have any sort of attachment with Bayern Munich, if you have any sort of attachment with FC Barcelona, the entire world's looking at you and we cannot be more excited, more excited for his, uh, for his future. Um, and I'm hoping the, uh, two, three months we have with them left. Cause I mean, two, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't see him staying beyond that. Once that European window opens, he's gone, um, which is awesome. And we're going to support him. And I just hope he lights up the league, um, uh, these next two months. So Rafa on, on that, uh, do you think SAFC does sell them if they get it, if they get the opportunity um, or do you think they try to wait for the quote unquote right offer? Probably the work right offer. I think they don't want to make the same mistake they did with Pirano, you know, not able to sell him and he went out scot-free to, to Portugal, but I'm sure there's a, like I said, you know, with Bayern Munich and Barcelona taking a look at him. I'm sure there's other teams maybe in the lower division or like in the lower league, maybe like a Villarreal or uh, let's say Dortmund or just somebody, somebody's watching him. If you know, to get invited That's to so one insane. of those two clubs. Yeah. One of those two clubs, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're going to get noticed for, for what you're doing out there on the field. And I think SA, like I said, SAFC is going to get the right, the right offer and that's where they're going to send him off to over there to Europe. And that way he can complete his, you know, I'm sure he has dreams of playing out over there, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully he has a good, you know, being at 19, you're going to learn a lot, but I think also, I know, I know the concern was about him being away, but he was playing, uh, well, I mean, practicing under really high class, you know, uh, practices. And I've been to a bar unit practice and, it's, it's way different from my SAFC practice, I can tell you that. You know, way, way, way more, I'd say more organized, but just the 
you know, just getting out of the players, you know, the, the things that they did. And I know the last time when we saw me and Scott went to go see them and it was, like I said, it was a way different experience. So I'm sure he, he got a lot from it and who's to say is not going to pay off, you know, these first few games. And then eventually I think that like I said, they'll ship them off over there to Europe. How pivotal yeah. is the start of the season for him? Does he have to get off to, um, a good start to be able to kind of cement that offer or you think, you think that's already done? Uh, we'll start with you, Royce. I mean, it's like a, it's like a player playing in that last year before they hit free agency. Um, the better you do, the better offer, the better you do just before you get signed, the better the offer is going to be. Um, and it, it just, just, <laughs> just how silly it sounds at a, a lower team is going to look at Jose Agos like by like Borussia Dortmund or Villarreal. That's insane to think about, but it's true. Um, but really, it's uh, his performance is what's going to really drive up. Uh, so SAFC is going to put him in every position to succeed uh, these next couple months to really try to drive that um, transfer price up. Any final thoughts that you have on it, Jonathan? Um, yeah, you obviously want Jose to, you know, assuming he's playing, because like I said, we haven't seen him at all in preseason, but uh, assuming he's playing, you want him to be doing well, um, to be justifying this transfer, which uh, I think we have no doubts that he's able to do that. Um, and I, I think it's kind of funny that we talk about the quote-unquote right offer from them. <laughs> I feel like pretty much any offer from Bayern Munich or Barcelona would be That's a good so offer. Well, um, I'm not talking about from even, them because I, I personally think it's going to be a different, it's going to be a lower level club than those two that signed. I, I think it's going to be obviously, obviously, uh, you know, well, well here, here, here's something but, to think about Harry. What, what system of uh, uh, play uh, for his style suits him. Which league suits him about better? Is it Bundesliga? Is it La Liga? Is he better like in an EPL or is he better like in, in the Calcio in Italy? You know, you want to go send him to a somewhere that he's going to be able to to fit his style. I think for him, a good starting spot would be somewhere in in, in the Netherlands with like someone with Ajax or PS PSV. They have a history of really developing good players and. I think he fits the, I think that mo model of player, the way he plays, he fits in that system, that system. I agree. Uh, there's, there's two, there's two places that I think would be really good for him. Uh, and number one is going to be the Netherlands. Um, it's known as a scoring league. Um, defense kind of comes second, which would be really good for him. Uh, that Josie went to, ne to the Netherlands first and scored 20 goals, and that's why he ended up um, kind of having the career he had. Uh, the, the other one would be uh, Portugal. Portugal is kind of the same thing. A lot of techers there, um, and, and a lot of eyes go on techers there, and then they go to uh, 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 go on to better teams. Uh, I, I don't see the championship or League One in England as being good. Way too physical. Not a lot of tech. It's speed and it's physicality. I don't think that would be great. Um, kind of the same thing in Germany, although you do see some dribblers now. Um, and Italy is kind of a mix between the two, except tactical um, tactical awareness is number one in Italy, where everybody has a very complicated technical scheme in Italy. Um, so that would kind of be difficult as well. But I really do think um, uh, Portugal or the Netherlands would be really good landing spots for Gallegos. 
Yeah, uh, Chalio Castarena said, it, you know, it's a business and SAFC will want a high offer, especially if contract expiring soon. I see him going to Portuguese or or Nether, uh, Netherlands. Agreed. Um, and yeah, obviously it's a it's a business. Uh, SAFC kind of um, mortgaged the future, if you will, um, to try to uh, uh, get a championship with Pirano, which they should have made a better run. But that's well, I don't know there. if that's true though, because mm. I, I think I think in a non-COVID, I think we probably would have seen a move. The problem, the problem with, and I think a lot of people overlook this. Pirano was hurt last year. Remember, he missed the first X amount of games. It's true. Um, so, number one, we don't know if he was 100% healthy. And, and um, I've heard conflicting reports about um, the offers that they did that they did or didn't receive. Um, you know, for that hearing, what those stipulations were with MLS. But to me, I think both Jose and Christian both were looking to go overseas, not to MLS, which I think is a, a huge difference as well. Absolutely. Number two, COVID killed any 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 ability to transfer. You know, you know, you know, last year, um, in my opinion, you know, so they may have thought of, hey, we'll we'll move you, but it's going to be more like what they're doing with Jose. But they didn't, you know, just you know, we had a, a pandemic that changed the changed the world. Right, and that, that's true. That that's going on right now, or Still. it did. Uh, that, that did last month. No, uh, talking about uh, transfers being different. Um, that happened just last month with the NHL uh, trade deadline. Um, pretty much, if if you were to, if a Canadian team um, were to sign or to trade for an American player, they would have to wait up to i think it was like three weeks they would have mm -hmm. to quarantine uh they would have to come over they have to quarantine and they have to test negatively if they were to sign a another uh, if they were to trade with another canadian team they would only have to wait 10 days so and that's i mean in those 10 days difference that's three or four games and they're only playing 56 games that's a large chunk of the season so you saw a lot of the canadian teams just trade with each other uh, i know the Oh, let, let's not go into hockey talk. I could do that all day as well, but, um, but for sure, um, the uh, the pandemic definitely did kind of kind of kind of kill the market uh, as far as not necessarily going to the normal trading partners, but going outside of that. Um, that that's definitely an issue, and and definitely uh, Gallegos and Prano did not want to go to MLS, and that's just just because once you play for MLS, you're kind of stuck there, and then to get traded from MLS, you have to get the approval of the entire league, which is just so silly. Um, and it really complicates things. Uh, so that's why a lot of, a lot of the kids like to stay in the USL because it just makes the, Europe. Correct. So speaking of young kids, uh, SAFC, uh, announced this week, uh, forward Abraham Lincoln and Fabrizio Bernal, uh, midfielder Rocky Perez and defender Roman Holt. Uh, uh, I think uh, Link, uh, Lincoln, Bernal, and Perez were uh, players that were signed on academy contracts last year. The new one is Roman Holt uh, from that here. Uh, so we'll start with you, uh, Jonathan. Your thoughts on the new um, the uh, new uh, academy kids? Uh, this year's batch, any favorite that you see that's going to be taking a step up? 
I don't think I really have uh, that much to say. I mean, we haven't seen very much of these guys. Or um, heard anything about the academy because since it went to MLS next, uh, yeah. basically not transparent like MLS. Yeah, completely <laughs> switching uh, academy surprise, systems surprise. doesn't help either. Um, even then, though, previously, like we didn't hear or see much about the academy. Um, but obviously, it's it's great to have these guys integrated into the system. You know, they've been. Uh, training with the team, obviously, at least this year and probably before this, if we're being honest. Um, they've gotten minutes in preseason, and even if they've made some mistakes, uh, hopefully they've learned from them and, you know, move forward to become better players. I mean, it's important to keep in mind, like, these are legitimately kids. They can't even vote yet. Um, and I hopefully they get more minutes this year. I mean, even if it's only a few appearances, because... I feel like some of the academy guys we saw last year, you know, I was looking earlier, I think it was uh, Fabrizio Bernal got four minutes and that was basically it. Um, obviously they have to, you know, earn their opportunity as we see SAFC talking about, but uh, if nothing else, you know, they made this first step, uh, keep it up in training and hopefully get more minutes. Your thoughts, Rafa? <clears throat> um. I just don't think we're going to see them too much of them. I mean, this is just more for them to train with the first team, um, see who can stand out towards the end of the season. I mean, if they play, maybe we're blowing a team out or or something's happening bad to us. Um, or maybe, you know, I think what kind of hurt is not being in that U.S. Open Cup. Maybe they would have seen some They would have seen a lot more games. action, yeah. Yeah, more, some more action. Exactly. Um, but – you know, we're not going to be able to have that. So unless we're having a friendly, like the one we normally have in July, we'll see if that happens or not. You know, we probably won't get to see as much of them. But, you know, as long as they work hard and do something and practice and really kind of stand out, then maybe we maybe we'll see the next Gallegos or, or, you know, or Torres, you know, pop out of that, that bunch of four. I think out of, out of the four that's listed here, I think Lincoln or Bernard would be probably the most likely uh, to get some playing time because um, looking at the roster, we're still, in, in my opinion, a little bit thin up top here as far as for opportunities. So, um, you know, maybe if, if you know, SAFC is ahead, you know, by multiple goals, uh, you know, late in the game, they'll, they'll be able to come on and get some action or, you know, hopefully it's never the case. But if they're behind by a lot um, with the condensed schedule, I could see, them getting, you know, getting some time in up top uh, to kind of save some legs, uh, you know, down the road. Um, any thoughts on you, uh, on that for uh, from you, Royce? Uh, just uh, it seems like Holt uh, kind of took over for um, uh, Ramsey spot. I know Ramsey uh, uh, had that kind of academy contract uh, spot last season. Um, yeah, I've heard a few things about Bernal. Um, outside of the SAFC um, circle. So we'll see. Obviously, uh, they're definitely depth signings. Um, the SAFC roster is at 25, which I'm pretty sure is what they said they wanted. Um, so they're, it's depth, and it's it it's honestly good depth. Um, it's interesting to see them not go out and uh, look for a third keeper, but um, I, I guess... Uh, well, I have a thought on that. Because um, there is another academy slot open, because they can have five. Okay. Do you think that they're saving that that fifth spot that may be announced a little bit later for uh, the league goaltender? Because I know 
Uh, from my understanding, he was part, uh, he is part of the academy program uh, last year, I believe, uh, for that here. Could you see them giving him an opportunity as maybe a third goalkeeper as, as a young, uh, young, young player there, Rafa? Um, I, I think they could, but I just don't see him, him playing any games. Unless, well, yeah, obviously unless, not play games. Yeah. Uh, it's a third unless, string. It's an emergency yeah, unless bug. Some, unless some catastrophic thing happens that Cardoni goes down and Mercado goes down, I mean. They'll bring somebody but, in. Yeah. I mean, you could have, well, a, I think, a, you have a you could have a David Ayers situation again, if you all are familiar with that, where uh, – the Toronto Maple Leafs had their two goalies go down, and they had to get the Zamboni driver to, to uh, come in. goalie for them. <laughs> and then he won the dang game. But, I mean, it's like I said, he's going to be trained by Coach uh, Madrid. So, I mean, he's one of the best goalkeeping coaches that we, you know, in the league. And, you know, look at the look at those talent he's worked with. And so, like I said, he'll, it's good to get the, all that those reps, the practice time learning. You know, from from Cardonian and also learning from Ricardo, and I think maybe eventually, I think once we, maybe two three years, he could be our keeper or he could be the backup keeper. You know, there's a possibility for that. So the changes in the roster. Um, looking at the starting eighteen from last year's first game against Real Monarchs, uh, the only out of the starting eighteen, only PC Jose. Cardoni, uh, Carlos Mercado, Maloney, and what's funny, Axel Schulberg. Uh, you know, that was his only game that he had. He was technically part of that first game. Everybody else from that is basically gone, you know, you know, from there here. So some of the big changes to me, you know, Tainer, uh, Smith, Solinag, Pirano, and, and Haravau for that here. Um, I know Royce has kind of uh, tossed out um, – this as the uh, possible starting 11 uh, for uh, this year. If you want to kind of go over that here real quick, Royce, to see uh, through there, and then we'll, we'll kind of go into a little bit more of the changes in, in the entire lineup here. Yeah, I think this is what it, what it is going to be. Um, it's possible that they're playing in a um, in a 4-4-2 diamond instead of this just straight up 4-4-2, but I think this is what it's more or less going to look like. Uh, Epps and Gallegos are going to be outside attackers. They're very dynamic players. They could dribble in. They could stay wide and cross. Um, obviously, Dylan and Patino have been um, um, solidifying their partnership up top um, pretty much the entire preseason. Um, Lima and Lindley seem like a very good um, uh, defensive midfield duo. Um, and if Lindley goes up, Lindley can go over. PC can come up from the left back and um, be an additional uh, defensive midfielder there if they need cover. Um, and then if PC stays home, Glido can go up and uh, overlap with Epps. Um, and then Doyle and, and Schulberg, I think those are the I think those are going to be the starting um, center backs uh, just because they've been playing most of the preseason. They've had the most time together, um, and obviously um, the beard and the net. Your thoughts on it? Uh, we'll go with you, uh, Rafa. Here, uh, what's your kind of thoughts on what you expect to have the starting eleven to be? I think what Royce is kind of spot on on what he has. Um, I could see us maybe even going to a four-two-three-one, just depending on on who we play, um, and we're even flexible playing a three-back. You know, I, I think I think what Marcina is going to do. I think he learned a lot from last year. 
because now he has more, I guess, added depth on the team that whatever style we're playing against, we can make changes and we can adapt. If, you know, if we want to go out, attack someone, maybe we'll go through a, like a three, five, like a three, four, three or three, five, two, or maybe we want to be a little defensive, you know, slow down, you know, playing a fast team. We'll get, we'll go to the four, four, two. So he's got many options out there, but like I said, Royce, I think he's spot on. I think that's going to be the lineup. Um, you know, a little concern is like I said, with PC playing on the outside, you know, was is he physically enough to handle making runs from the back and then dropping back? You know, is is that going to take a little toll on him, or is he out of place? I I'd rather see him in the middle because he's or kind of like our playmaker. But you know, like I said, I think if he can play that fullback position, I mean, that's fine. But that's a little could be a concern towards you know, in the during the season. Jonathan, any thoughts on what Royce uh, thinks that the starting eleven will be? And um, I'm sure you're going to have an article uh, probably closer to the end of the, end of the <laughs> week. I'm assuming on what you expect it to be. Uh, so without giving out all your secrets here, your, your kind of first reactions uh, to what you know what Royce put out. Uh, yeah, I'll probably have a, a predicted eleven in the uh, a preview later in the week. But uh, I think this is roughly what would you want to see? I don't think anyone would question Cardoni and goal, uh, that center back pairing. Um, we, we debated where PC should go. And I kind of dropped this in, you know, in our discussion before we went live, uh, how PC, I almost wonder if maybe his best position might be in midfield. I mean, we saw how great he was last year. He was, uh, he and Gallegos were tied for the most chances created on the team and all that. Um, nope. But I wonder if his best position for what SAFC needs might be left back. Um, so we'll see. And I, I think, you know, we saw it turned into a goal on Saturday. So that's always a positive. You know, he's getting up there, getting crosses in. He's capable of that. Um, the other question I would have, you know, like I was saying, Gallegos missed some of preseason, even if he was with Bayern and Barca, uh, you still might lack some of that chemistry. But then again, if PC is the left back behind him, if you've got those two guys out on the left, they worked together in midfield last year. So maybe Absolutely. that's uh, just, they've got the chemistry there. Maybe that works just fine. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, talk about uh, um, uh, PC in the middle. Um, when you have the switch, um, man, I cannot think of where I was going to go with that. Wow. I just had a brain fart. Good Lord. Okay. Moving on. So my, so looking at the roster, there's just to me so much talent that's still setting on, on the bench here. Like, you know, Emil Suelo. Real, real, real quick, real quick. I remember what I was going to say. Uh, PC as a midfielder playing left back is much better than a couple years ago when we had, uh, we try to have uh, Jack Barnby uh, play left back. So yeah, uh, PC is left back much better. Yeah. Or uh, our, our, our uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Omar Cummings was, that, no, or was it? Yeah. Was it Omar that came from Cincinnati? The big signing Jamaican striker. Yeah. Gordon? Omar Gordon. No, no, not Gordon. 
Uh, Lance Lang. Lance Lang. Lance Lang. Lance Lang. Omar was the Scorpion days, and he was a Ford. What are we yeah, talking no, about? You're talking uh, about Lance, Lance Lang, Lang playing left back, and then he had that one run where he went forward and then just unleashed a shot, and yeah, and everyone's like, hmm, maybe he doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, but that was a uh, that's a whole different time. But it, so the one that God. the couple of players that kind of stick out to me that's not in there, and, and you know, I'll ask you, Roy, since you're, you know this is your you know your lineup here, Emil uh, Suelo. Uh, you know, where do Coy. you see him kind of uh, fitting in uh, to this here? Because you know, to me, he comes over from Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, you know, just to me in that midfield, you've got some you know some talent. Um, but him not starting, I think, kind of surprised me. And then in the back, um, yeah, Connor Maloney and uh, Deplane um, not in there uh, as well. You know, obviously, I think Sam Axel and um, I think Liam to me is Liam and, and Jasser. You know, I think you could kind of flip flip those. Uh, but to me, not to have Connor, uh, you know, you know, in, in the starting lineup, um, and you had PC. I think that you know that kind of you know took. Yeah, at least for me, took back a little bit now. I don't know Connor's health. Um, he did play a little bit this last week here, exactly. so we may be building fitness um, for that here. Okay, a lot to answer there, but let me try to go over it as quickly as I can. Uh, Maloney's still coming back from injury, so I'm not sure he's going to be on the right. At the same time, uh, Gleedle is, is more mobile than uh, Maloney is. Maloney is more of a, a stay back, and that's when you had uh, – uh, when last season when Maloney would stay back, mm-hmm. Blake Smith would go forward. So um, – and in, uh, in that um, formation that I had, PC is going to be the one that's more going to stay uh, back. He'll go forward every once in a while, but he's more likely to stay back like Maloney. And Gleedle's the one that's going to go up. Correct. Um, your question about uh, Quayle, where does, where does Quayle go? He's a, a great midfielder, a very, very good, um, solid USL midfielder. He's also a number 10. He's not necessarily defensive. He's not necessarily a number 8. So he will play whenever we play with a ten. So that's going to mean if it is a four four two, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a four four two diamond, and he's going to be at the tip of that um, with um, uh, Dylan and uh, and Patino up top, um, and Gallegos may be on the uh, left side of that diamond, and you're only going to have one um, defensive midfielder. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and if you do have that, you may see PC. Um, kind of tucking in the middle to help out in the defensive midfield and uh, the back line may go to a back three um, to accommodate that uh, at the same time, the formation that I wanted to see, and we'll see if it happens um, is I want to see a four, four, three. And if you see a four, uh, um, four, four, three, that's too many four, three, three. Um, if you see a four, three, three, then you are going to need a uh, basically a mission, and that's what Coyo would. Up. And instead of that midfield diamond, you'd have that diamond go forward and so you'd have uh, the 10, you'd have your two wingers, you'd have uh, Gallegos and Epps, and then you'd have Dylan or Patino up top, whoever the uh, striker in that particular uh, formation is going to be. Uh, and that's going to be the 4 3 threes, similar to what Liverpool has, and you have your front three, and the front three would be, uh, like I said, it would probably be Patino as a striker, and then Gallegos and Epps, and that would be similar to uh, Firmino, Mane, and uh, uh, Salah. So... We'll see how that goes, um, and we'll see what uh, Marcina rolls out with uh, on Saturday. Your thoughts, Rafa, and you just on the depth on four there? I mean, I think this will pick up. I think we're going to have a little more depth than we had last year. Um, 
as you can see that. So I think what they learned from last year is, is like we need to build a team for the long haul, especially with that that rough that rough patch towards the end. October, yeah, the seven games in October. The, yeah, so you know we don't want to end up being sunk like red October. So we gotta get we gotta get all the players, you know, you know all we all the depth that we need because like I said, it's a long season. You know, we lost a couple of players last year that affected our play. Like you know when Harava went out. No, that really affected a lot of the defense. So I think they, they took the precautions to say, let's build enough depth that way, even if we lose one, someone else will come fit in that role and we won't miss a beat. So, But I do, like I said, I do see them changing it up on formations depending on who they play as far as some of the matchups. And like I said, I could see them play a 4-3-3 with a triangle in the, in the center in the, as far as with the midfielders, uh, a 4-4-2 diamond, um, I still like to see them play like a three back because we do have three of the, put the big uh, the big trees in the in the back three, you, you can move up PC into that, you know the center center mid area for the defense because uh, the defense a holy man so, lots of combinations that Marcina can do, and you know keep the other other teams in you know in suspense but, you know we don't want to do something what Powell did just keep on changing the lineups keep doing, you know we got to keep some <laughs> consistency going. So, yeah. So, we'll, but I think we'll be, I think we'll be ready to go. I guess for this season. So, just kind of big picture here, um, and we'll start with uh, you, Royce. Who or what are the keys uh, to the season for SAFC? Keys of the season: uh, stay healthy um, is going to be number one. Um, number two. Um, uh, I mean, we'll see. Last last season, um, we had a very very um, proven striker in Soliniak. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, not so much. Um, so goals are going to be interesting. I think uh, we're going to play a more defensive um, game plan, um, and goals are kind of going to be a little more at a premium. Um, but I think we are going to be defense first. Um, and that's why, obviously, with the, you know, really in the preseason, the first half of the games has really been um, what I've been looking forward to. And the second half was more experimental is kind of what I took it as. And the first half of the games have been good, except for the Austin one. Um, but the second halves haven't. But it's been more experimental seeing. And I think it was Marcina seeing what he had. And also probably throwing out a couple different wrinkles on uh, his uh on his formation. So um, I think the keys are going to be number one, stay healthy. Number two, find your goals. Number three, stay defensively stout. Number four, press like there's no tomorrow. Your thoughts, uh, Rafa, on what the keys to the season are going to be? I think it was was like like last year. Are are forwards going to step up and score goals? Because that was a big concern during the preseason. We weren't seeing the goals. And like, are we going to have to make a change you know, midway like we did with Frank and some some other people to generate goals. Um, you know, to me, like I said, that's going to be key. Dylan and Patino, they need to set the tone. They need to score early. You know, I'm not saying they have to score hat tricks on that, but just be a consistent. You know, get a couple goals here and there. You know, and I think that'll build up confidence. And like I said, hopefully, we out of them, we'll get at least more than 10 goals a piece from both. And I think that's going to be the key. And then you said, I expect Gallegos to do what he normally does. He'll get his, 
Um, I think we have a little better defense now. I mean, we got a, a, someone six seven. We got a six foot four. You know, no one's gonna. We're not gonna we get like, beat on. We have, yeah, we have two guys that are six five and one that's six seven in the back line. It's nuts. Yeah, so we're not gonna get beat on on on, on corner kick. So, um, like I said, and I think also we need to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, up top, I like to see our you know our forwards press more, create more opportunities and chances. I think once we establish that, I, I think we have a good opportunity. You know the key is to win the win the division. Mm-hmm. Winning the division is going to help. That way we get a, you know, exactly. for, for first second round um, in the playoffs here at home. Um, even though we were robbed on the la- on the last playoff game, but I think yeah. I think for us we'll be we'll be ready. To, like I said, this season I think it's just high expectations and ready to go. And can Marcina deliver? Okay, you got us to the playoffs. Now can you get us? And you know, deep into the playoffs, can you get us at least to the conference championship game? And and Jonathan, I don't know if this will be in your article or not. So you know, not to uh, uh, <laughs> steal any of your thunder here. So I'm trying to be careful here. Uh, but any thoughts to the keys that you want to share at this time, or you know, save it for uh, possibly an upcoming article? Uh, I don't think I necessarily have anything to save. I'm not doing some grand master plan for the 2021 season or anything. Um, a, a couple things we've already tossed around, like we said, uh, you want to stay fit, um, especially you know, toward the end of that season uh, with those seven games in October, that is going to be a brutal stretch. And if SAFC has picked up some long-term injuries by then and they're a little thin, that's, that's really not going to help their cause, of course. And we've seen plenty of past seasons where things don't go well at the end of the season and they fall apart. They either, you know, narrowly miss the playoffs or lose momentum, you know, even if they do make the playoffs, which happened in 17 and 20, I'd say. Um, So stay fit and definitely keep, uh, keep the momentum going late in the season. Cause you know, I know it's, I don't think Marcina's really said it, but Powell said it uh, a few of those years they wanted momentum heading into the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. it was their goal to make the playoffs. And then that's where you've got to string, you know, individual results together. Um, I'd also say just kind of focusing on sort of making the whole system work. You know, we talked about how in the past we've had uh, attackers like Sulignac and Parano uh, really scoring a lot of goals, creating a lot of things. We haven't necessarily seen that from Dylan and Patino, like we've said. I mean, even Patino's two goals were kind of poacher's goals. You know, he picked the or not picked the goalkeeper's pocket, but which are still um, not bad. But yeah, not definitely yeah. not in the run of play. Um, but honestly, maybe that's okay if they're able to kind of be a nuisance and sort of distract the defenders because you've got guys, you know, in in that ideal starting eleven we had. Uh, I mean, Gallegos can obviously do a number on defenses. Uh, I'm sure Hapiao, I think, was who we had on the other side. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he can dribble at defenders. Uh, or yeah, maybe it was Epps. I don't know. It was it was one of those. Yeah, it was okay. We were showing Hapiao for the last yeah, match. La- um, yeah, last last match was Hop Hapiao. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nathan was on the other side. Full gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then also you look at Lindley and Lima getting forward from. Uh, the center of midfield. Obviously, they're you know we saw with that highlight, Lindley is capable of striking 
quite a ball from uh, distance. So even if the forwards aren't necessarily scoring goals, if they are doing their job in the system and drawing that attention, um, as long as someone scores, you know, as long as SAFC is getting those wins, it's it's all great. Yeah, important um, related question. When's the last time um, Manchester City started a true striker? In their hey, we're going to get to that's European like here in, in a little I, I, bit. I'm here, just but. saying. I'm just saying. It's been two months since Manchester City's actually played a true number nine, and the goals are coming from somewhere because everybody plays a false nine in that flipping team. It's insane. But but you, but you do want to have balance. You want to have balance. That's a big thing. I think some teams I notice in USL they depend on one guy that scores all the goals, and if you shut him down, then you don't have. You, where you're gonna generate offense? So as long as you have balance, like I said, I can see Epps scoring some some of those long. That's what we're also, we're missing is shots from outside. If Gallegos and, and then Epps can do that and get at least maybe three or four goals from that, that's gonna help you know keep our two forwards from being covered all the time. You know it's gonna open more doors for that. So going into the season, you know, and then I've had this you know even coaching wise is having a balance of players of scoring enough goals, like five here, four here, five there, it's going to make things a lot easier when you start playing. Plus, you won't be able to get marked as, as well. To me, my big chain, or my big key here is, I think last year we didn't really have somebody that shot from, from distance outside the box. Here. I think a lot of our attempts were inside the box. Hold on, time out, time out, hold on. Uh, does nobody remember um, Bologna with some... Yeah, how many shots from outside? He was the only one, though, but he was our four. Mm -hmm. But it was somebody. But here's where I think this is going to be different is you've got the midfielders um, that's going to be able to take the shots from outside the box, and then you got Patino, who's big enough in the middle to absorb the the pressure and, and the you know the physicality to be able to get those um, you know knock in the cheap goals. You know, and I know they're not cheap, but you know, knock in like the one that he did this week here where. The poacher's um, goal. The, the poacher, like the cleanup the goal, goal. Um, that I think we missed last year. And, you know, Solinag was good, um, but we missed that big forward up front, you know, especially if you're going to be, you know, trying to cross a little bit more, if you're going to be trying to um, do a little bit more outshot. Because I, I think, and, and like I said, last year was last year, but I, I think that we were more too creative on the outside and trying to get into the box to create it than the actual, Hey, let's take a shot from distance and have confidence that you got somebody that, that can, that can, uh, you know, that poach them or clean them up. And so to me, that's kind of be kind of the key for me is if we can get more of those cheap goals, um, you know, coming in kind of like what Frank, the tank was able to do many years ago. Um, you know, you know, where, where he was just, you know, you know, you'd have people that would take the shots out, and he would just be in that right position to be able to 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 get the get the chip in goals. Moving on to this week here, we face uh, Colorado Switchbacks, or you know what's being called uh, Union West, uh, because uh, the new mm -hmm. coach uh, is uh, Brendan Burke, who came from Bethlehem Steel Union Two, who's a good coach. So let's not kid ourselves. Uh, you know, he he is a good coach. Um, to me, kind of the players, uh, Haji Berry. Uh, Jose Torres, uh, which uh, I know he's a little bit older, um, but you know, you know, he's had 250 caps with you know in Liga MX with Pachuca and Tigres, um, and 26 caps with the U.S. Men's National Team. So obviously he's got some talent. 
Um, Philip Mayaka, uh, which was the third pick in the draft by the Colorado Rapids. Um, and he was rumored to be the first pick, uh, you know, to uh, be the first selection overall. But uh, us and FC, of course, went with a different direction. And then Dylan uh, Serena, a left back, also uh, played with the Rapids. Um, you know, very talented player here. So, uh, you know, the switchbacks um, outside of the new uniform, which they're going to be rocking here in San Antonio this week, which is which is very sweet and very, uh, you know, I like it here, very clean. Um, they're also going to have a new stadium, uh, you know, still named Whiter Field. I know it's a little bit odd, but uh, they've got a new, uh, I think it's eight to 10,000 seat stadium downtown Colorado Springs. Uh, so I think the roster's a little bit better this year. I think they're going to contend for the uh, four spot. Um, you know, I don't think they got enough talent to you know, overtake New Mexico, El Paso, or San Antonio. But it's it's going to be a team that I think will challenge uh, San Antonio FC. Um, number one, not a lot's known about them, um, you know, because there are you know there's a lot of turnover, um, you know, from there. And I know um, I'm assuming uh, Marcina's kind of looked at uh, uh, Coach Burke's film from when he was with Union Two and Bethlehem Steel to kind of get an understanding. But uh, we'll start with you, Rafa. Any thoughts on the switchbacks coming to town and what you kind of expect this first game? I mean, it's going to be a good game. I mean, we're just being the home upper for us. I know our team's going to be hyped up. Want to get that home win like we did last year when we knocked off uh, the defending the, champs. Uh, the defend champs. Yeah. So if we can set the tone for the season, get a big win, send Colorado packing back to their new stadium with a loss, that's that'll be great. That'll be great. And uh, just look forward to you know, seeing actually live soccer in person. Besides the high school, you know, besides the high school games, we're exciting too. But some lies pro pro soccer, especially here, you know, missing, um, maybe going what to Chota Field twice last year. So this this is going to be fun. So I look forward. Yeah, I went to the first to game, game and unfortunately the last, the last game. game. Uh, your thoughts, Royce, on this uh, week's uh, upcoming switchbacks match? Uh, I talk too much, Jonathan. You go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's it's. The first match, if things don't go well, you know, okay, you're off on the wrong foot, but there are plenty of games to go. Um, I think there are some interesting storylines with the switchbacks. Uh, for one, people don't remember, it was the final opponent from 2019 when SAFC just needed to win. They had a playoff spot in their hands, and of oh, course, in typical no, SAFC fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. There's also the fact that they were, you know, it may not mean as much uh, to some people, but I know a little over a year ago on a, a Thursday night, my family was getting ready to go to Colorado Springs and then the season was called off. So uh, just kind of an interesting little factoid there that, you know, I was, was actually in New Mexico at that time. You had, oh, you had already started the trip. We had already started. <laughs> we, we had stopped in New Mexico because they had a uh, uh, hill that had snow uh, that the kids could go tubing down. So we stopped there for the day or, you know, for the night. And then we were going to make the trek up. And then uh, that's when we found out. And obviously we didn't continue going north. We ended up coming back uh, uh, to uh, back, back east. So uh, yeah. for that. Um, but anyway, it, if nothing else, it's just going to be great to get back to Toyota Field. I mean, you guys were talking about how you only attended a couple matches last season. For me, it was the preseason game against FC Dallas, the home opener, and that was it. I have not been to Toyota Field in 
over a year besides the intro video that I filmed for the striker. That doesn't count. I was, you know, that was just me and my dad there. Um, this is the, the longest hiatus I've had from Toyota Field since it opened in 2013. So uh, it's just going to be great to get back out there and hopefully we see a good soccer game. You know, I'm obviously you guys are going to root for SAFC. I mean, it makes it makes my job easier <laughs> if they do well, but I just want to see good soccer, if nothing else. So I know we're getting close to the to the hour here, but with having Jonathan, um, Royce, and Rafa, we can't end the show without talking about the uh, Super League and how quick it went away. And especially, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll start with you, Jonathan, because your team is. Then we'll go to Rafa because his team was in. I'm not sure who Royce's team is. Uh, he seems to like a lot of teams. Uh, SAFC was definitely in. San Antonio was definitely in the Super League. It would not be. It would not be called Super. <laughs> SAFC was not in, so they were definitely in. And well, it is and a league, for, so I could see that. So. You know, to be fair, isn't Rafa's team technically still in it? That's mm-hmm. not wrong. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know. Perez, Perez, who's Perez keeps. Oh yeah, Rafa keeps flapping his nails. Daddy, Daddy Florentino. Yeah. <laughs> so your thoughts on? The coming and going of the Super League, uh, Jonathan. It's honestly kind of amusing how briefly that star shined. Um, I mean, just completely tone deaf from all those clubs thinking that, uh, you know, obviously they, they had dollar signs in their eyes. That's that's what this was about. And they wanted to just solidify all of that. Mm-hmm, exactly, Royce. Um, and it would also just Make be really sad... It would also just be really sad because, uh, for example, Arsenal would just get their butt handed to them every week. I mean, come on, let's be real. But they're one of the biggest (laughs) clubs commercially, so they'd get in there. And no matter how poorly they do, they're stuck in there. You can't get them out. So I I just, um, you know, you saw... You saw these other teams wearing shirts that said, you know, earn it. And even as a Manchester City fan... I am more than happy for us to earn those opportunities, uh, whether we're winning the league or whether, you know, it's Pep's first season, for example, we had to go through the playoff, actually. Um, I I think you've got to keep it open. You've got to make sure that you're always getting the best clubs rotating in and out and don't don't let it stratify. Don't have all these teams that uh, are there. If they're good enough, if they really deserve it, They'll earn it year after year. Your thoughts, uh, Rafa, since, well, since you're still in uh, the <laughs> Super League here, uh, your thoughts of uh, continuing uh, the Super League tradition here? Um, well, we still own the other league, too, so because they got 13 championships. <laughs> but and, ho- and hopefully Chelsea is ready for us because we're going to give them a good ass kicking on Tuesday. Um I think I think Florentino, as far as you know, you got to you got to look at Florentino's side. You know, he he sees you know it's, it's about money, but it's also the growth of these teams. I don't I can say can they get even even bigger, but they are. They're actually, you know, if you look at Barca and, and Real Madrid, they're billion dollar teams, but they're also a, they're a brand too. And so, like I said, Man City's become a brand. You know, Manchester United's a brand. So, and I think they weren't getting enough money from the from the sure. UEFA Champions League, you know, kind of UEFA is kind of full of it too because, you know, they got caught red-handed, you know, giving Qatar, well, some of the FIFA people too, giving Qatar 
the World Cup. So, you know, they're not angels themselves. So if they're going to talk smack about this, it's a money grab. Well, you did the same thing. You know, in theory, it'd be cool to have a league like that. I know I know, Champions League is supposed to be that. But, every, you know, seeing a game like that every week would be cool. Um, and I know the format of the new uh, Champions League, now you're going to play 10 games. You know, you probably play maybe three tough teams and the rest are a bunch of cream, cream puffs. No one's going to be interested in watching. Like, why am I going to watch Shakhtar versus, you know, Man City or some some Greek team that barely made it to the Champions League, you know, playing against, like, Man U? You know, it's not – it's not a you're a Real league. Madrid fan, man. You know, it, yeah. I hate to tell you this, man. This is – you know, that's not the uh, not the answer I was expecting – uh, do you from, know what we'll have to talk you, about the Champions but, League? But do you, do you know what league we're table. talking about here? Go ahead. But the thing, but the thing is, for me, like I said, in theory, it, it would be fun. But I understand you do have to earn to get into you know a lot of these spots, and and I see what the takeaways are because you know you will hurt the other teams because you know especially like some of the other leagues like you know. PSV is very – I think, like, PSV and, and, and Ajax are, and Porto and who's the other – Benfica are very important because most of those players end up playing for the end up playing for the big teams. So, I think kind of axing them out was not really a good idea. Maybe you should have included them into the league, maybe do a 20-team league, which I know they were going to do, but <laughs> include them. You know, I think that would have been a little bit better. But, you know – We'll see what happens if, if this ever comes to fruition or maybe they need, it's time to kind of spice it up. You know, I think maybe having the only just two teams qualify for champions, you know, get your two top league teams and that's it. All right. Well, I'm glad Rafa went before Royce. Go Royce. <laughs> and Rafa's defending like Sergio Ramos, just kind of all over the place with no real plan there. Um, it's a terrible idea. Uh, we already have something that, is described in what it is and it's called the champions league. And the reason why it's so important is because you have to qualify for it. The reason Tottenham and Arsenal want it in is because they're not going to qualify for it. And Arsenal hasn't qualified for four plus years. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why they did it is so they didn't have to qualify. They didn't have, they wouldn't have to care about the domestic league and that just ruins the domestic leagues. It takes a lot of money out of those leagues and it's, it's, it, it's crap. Um, and yeah, I mean, pretty much all they saw was money signs like, oh, we can get a new TV deal. We don't have to share it with those other little lonely teams. It's like, no, dude, the only reason you're there is because those teams, those lowly teams, you were with them. You were one of them. Manchester City. I mean, they didn't want anything for 86 years and then they go and win. Now, you know, somebody won in 86 years. They didn't win the league. 86. Uh, well, I mean, oh, they, they won. You're thinking, thinking of the I Red guess, Sox. of... Uh, no, I'm yeah, thinking of the Boston the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Okay. Yeah, they hadn't won the World Series in 86. I was going to say, excuse me, sir. But, but City, City was like 60 years. They hadn't won anything, or 40 or he, something. He I, met, I, he met, I just remember he the, met, the countdown thing whenever they won when a He met Leicester City. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Leicester hadn't won anything. Yeah, Leicester. There wouldn't be a Leicester if you have this stupid... European or, or, Super League. Or, um, or Atalanta, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Porto wouldn't be invited. Porto won not too long ago. Portsmouth won it not that long ago. I mean, you'd have a lot of teams that have won it 
wouldn't even be able to qualify for it. it it's dumb. It really is dumb. I mean, you had that um, that Monaco team go really far. They wouldn't have been invited. And I mean, now that Monaco team, you got Mbappe, you got you got a lot of top players. Um, you would have never heard of any of them. And that's why the Champions League is so big. It's the exposure of the small teams with the big players that come up and do great things. Um, and but, if that's, super- but if that's the case... How would you feel about MLS and Liga MX merging? Oh, MLS sucks. I hate MLS. Why are well, we talking about? Uh, but I'm just saying if those, but that's rumored that the, those two teams, okay. those two leagues may merge. Okay. Would it be the same thing? Because all the Liga, no, uh, Juarez, Leon, and all them, they're gonna beat the crap out of uh, more than no. three quarters of MLS teams. And then, no, no, no. That's that's very true. No, I I, I don't so, think it's anywhere. I don't think it's anywhere near the same thing because number one, um, there's no pro rail in MLS. I mean, there's no real small teams that MLS is helping. Number two, there's no real pro rail in Mexico either with the Caballeros agreement. There's no real. There, you don't have that. So basically, mm-hmm. you're combining, uh, in, like like in baseball, you're combining the National League and the American League. That's all you're doing whenever you combine uh, MX or what are they going to call it? ML Equis. Um, but that's how I see it with this Super League too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, imagine it. You know, thinking like foreign. What kind of a Florentino is thinking? You know, eventually, how would you feel they end up doing like a World League? Let's say you include a Boca. Ju- would you rather see a Boca Juniors versus like Barcelona game? You already have the world, the yeah. club World Cup. You already have that. Yeah. That's already but a that's, thing, and you but have to the, all, but the, all, but all the best teams are on there. That's the thing. I mean, you know. all of all of the champion. Whenever you win a league, you qualify for the so, club World Cup, and it's a so big they, competition. So they, a, so they Asian, qualify. But the Asian champion can beat Palmyra, Palmares, or or Boca Juniors, Independiente. I mean, yeah. I don't think they can even beat Club America. Uh, it, uh, we're 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 talking different things here. It, it's about qualifying. You have to qualify for it, and for the for that super mm-hmm. league, you don't have to qualify for it, and that, that's that's the big problem. Well, there were five rotating slots. Yeah, so yeah there that's were fifteen that's permanent members and five you know quote unquote rotating slots. Yeah, that doesn't. There was it wasn't around long enough to know what the what what would the five rotating slots. So more more likely those five were going to be either Porto is going to be Porto Benfica. PSV and IX. We're gonna get those four, and then maybe, um, maybe another German team. That's what, it, know, or, it or or could be, no, zero, or it could have been Monaco or Lyon. Well, I mean, zero German teams would participate in that anyway because of the fifty-one percent rule. But um, and and PSG is um, part of their ownership is the person who runs UEFA. So PSG was never joining that either or any of the French league um, for that matter. But I mean, the rollout was just so ill, just, just poor. It was absolutely poor. I mean, they're like, uh, we're going to have these 12 teams, uh, but it's going to be 15 ultimately. And then we're going to have five rotating slots. It's like, well, what were those other three teams? You didn't even announce your full, the full roster of teams that were going to be permanent. And it's pretty obvious because they wanted Dortmund, they wanted Bayern Munich and they wanted PSG, but they didn't even give it enough time to figure out, Oh, these guys aren't joining us because it's against the law. Um, And the same thing with England. The reason why it fell so quickly was because in England in the premier league, 
whenever the Premier League votes on rules or they vote on new laws or whatever, um, it has to be a it has to be a seventy five percent majority. So fifteen teams have to agree. Uh, that's why it was so crucial that six Premier League teams join the Super League so they can go beyond that and they can basically do whatever they want. So the second that one team, i.e. Chelsea, came out and said, guys, we're not so sure about this. We're going to pull out. That means only five teams were left and they were susceptible to whatever the other 16 teams wanted to do. That's why the all the other Premier League teams uh, pulled out as soon as they did was because they lost that. They they basically lost their filibuster majority <laughs> or their filibuster minority. Uh, and once that happened, they saw the writing on the wall, they pulled out. And once the premier league pulls out, that's the money league. Everyone pulls out. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, I mean, you still have Perez there and Real Madrid. Like, I don't know why everybody it's like, it's cause it was, it, it's a bad idea, it, especially right now. It's a bad idea, especially with this economy. Read the room, dude. Read the room. And that guy does not know how to read a room. So my th- my thoughts on it is what's done is done, but I want to I want to see kind of the inner workings of it because I was looking listening to the kickoff show you know on, on YouTube uh, from England, and they brought up a, a fascinating point that. I didn't think about and was it a year or two ago, Newcastle owner, uh, Newcastle United had uh, a possible takeover bid that Tottenham was uh, really against. And obviously you're not putting this league together uh, quickly. This has probably been done over a couple of years. So I'll be interested to see what kind of the fallout or what the punishment's going to be. Um, and I know the Newcastle owners, you know, with them being, you know, from Saudi Arabia, that there was other baggage that came with it. But if it, if these six kind of you know colluded to keep uh, that ownership out um, for here you know for protecting their roles, especially like Tottenham, um, you know Arsenal as far as you know to be able to say hey we're part of the big six uh, you know uh, for that here. I know for me I'm just waiting to see what the fallout is going to be because there has to be something. Um, you can, you know it was against the rules of uh, you know the EPL to. Uh, to join another league, um, and it'll be kind of interesting to see what what they actually did. They sign stuff, you know. Did they commit any money? You know, kind of, you know, what that fallout's going to be, and then how much, how much, how much, uh, um, how much, you know, what is the penalty, and what should be the penalty? Because, you know, to me, even if you took like twenty points away from the city, <laughs> they're still in first place. You know, so. You know what's what's the teeth um, that's going to be behind behind that, and, and I think that's going to be the next drama that comes up for that here. But uh, final thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the guest uh, here, and, and thank you, uh, Doc, for uh, you know for uh, tuning in from Guam here, and hopefully you have safe travels uh, uh, back stateside if you're coming back this week. Uh, you know for this week's game. Uh, just keep in mind, tailgate is open. Um, I think Mission City. Uh, Crocketeers and 210 Alliance is all planning events. Social distancing, masks, and stuff will be required uh, for that here. Uh, there are still tickets available on Ticketmaster. SAFC has been posting. Um, and I think uh, this you, this week is fireworks week as far as for the promotion. So final thoughts from you there, uh, Jonathan. Uh, I don't think there's really much else that uh, – n- nothing – 
really serious that I, well, no, I, I will take that back. I will say, um, you know, like I said, it's going to be our, our first or my first time, at least back at Toyota field. It's going to be great to get back out there. But uh, like we said, you know, even at the tailgates, abide by social distancing, um, continue to, we are in the home stretch guys. If we can be smart, if we can get vaccinated in a couple months, it'll be almost like it had been, you know, a year and a half ago. So don't give up now. We are almost done with this. Uh, and then I guess I'm sort of obligated to, you know, give a plug for my own stuff. Um, for those who haven't heard about it, uh, there's a new digital media company, the Striker Texas, that's been covering everything from MLS. We've got some fantastic writers. I was, uh, when I first heard about this, I was really surprised to see some of those names. I was like, I could work alongside those guys? Okay. Um, but we're covering everything from MLS down to, you know, high school and youth leagues. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I'm mostly covering SAFC, but uh, there, there's plenty of other stuff on there. You get your first 30 days free and then it's like $5 a month after that or a $50 a year subscription. Mm -hmm. um, and you're getting more than just my SAFC coverage, which is, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. If not, it's feel awesome. free to tell me. Um, but like I said, we've got some plenty of other great writers. Uh, I know recently John Arnold did a, an article about not a guy with FC Dallas, but uh, someone from North Texas who went on trial with North Texas mm -hmm. SC after his family moved from Africa and yeah, uh, scored a goal you know, this week. Exactly. It's a feel good <laughs> story there. Album, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you look at some of the, uh, a few weeks ago, we did profiles of some of the broadcasters for uh, the different teams, guys like Glenn Davis and Mark Folliwell, who, you know, even, even if you may not know the names, you'd recognize the voices and it's just really interesting to hear a lot of these stories. So uh, don't think, you know, SAFC stuff is all that you would get out of, you know, that subscription. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything I've got. Yeah, and and I'll confirm because I have a membership to the the Striker Texas and uh, you know like I said here Chris Bills Arnold uh, Victor uh, Areza uh, covering the Dynamo uh, Mark Bay does a great job with the Bold um, Joe Rodriguez is covering El Paso you got Jonathan covering San Antonio uh, they cover the Dash um, as well um, RGV uh, you know we had. Uh, um, Nate on uh, previously, uh, you know, from the Striker Texas, uh, you know, who covers the RGV Valley um, uh, for that here. So uh, to me, if you can, you know, help support, uh, you know, the Striker Texas, you know, that way we can help grow the game. Um, just like, you know, so, you know, helping support, you know, uh, the podcast here um, as well here. It's much, much appreciated, uh, you know, uh, from everybody. Uh, for it here so that way we can help turn texas into a soccer state and not just a football state uh royce your uh, final thoughts here before we finish up with uh, uh the evil guy rafa uh today thinking that the super league is 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 still uh st still is is a good thing and and good for soccer which kind of baffles me but i guess that's a real madrid fan for you um <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, subscribe to the striker. Um, it's, uh, it, it's great work. It, it's awesome to see. It's an awesome platform. 
and we could not be happier for uh, Jonathan for uh, getting the call up for that uh, for that real solid organization. Well um, for sure, um, man, I'm excited. It's another SAFC season. After kind of the crap that was last year, we're going to get a closer to normal, hopefully by July normal, if we just get our shots, if we stay socially distant for two more months, if we wear a mask for two more months. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there, everybody. We are almost there. Um, home stretch. We're almost there. Go get your shots. Um, and it, getting your shots, not just for you. It's for everybody around you. Uh, it really is. It's not about... Still wear a mask. It's not about me. It's not. It, it's not about me. It's about we. Um, and your shot really is more for everybody, because the more people that get it, the more the closer we get to that herd immunity that we've been trying to get to. We're pretty close to getting there. It's a home stretch. Let's go get it. And demand has really dropped off for vaccines in San Antonio, so you can get you can call and get it tomorrow. Um, just just go get it, man. We're we're so close. We're so dang close. Um, but another SAFC season is very exciting. There's a lot of depth in the team, a lot of excitement in the team. It's a more well-rounded team. Good Lord, it's late. Um, and it's it, it's very exciting. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And uh, everything Rafa says is wrong. Okay. All right, Rafa. Um, I almost don't want to give you a final thought after your take here, but uh, what's your final thought now? Actually, Lethal said the same thing about the Wakeland and, and King Park game. <laughs> And I, I was right about that game. So you're not uh, right. I, about Lethal, that, you're, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Lethal, you're, and I know if Lethal's watching, hey, I'm still getting props from the Wickland fans. So thank you very much. Because <laughs> I know what I, I know my soccer. So, but no, on all seriousness, like final thoughts, like Rose mentioned, you know, make sure you guys get your vaccine because we do want to have that the 100% capacity there at Toyota Field because our energy there gives the team energy to win games, you know. 100%. We want to get 100%. Yeah. So we want to be out there, pack the crowd, pack the stadiums, you know, give them all support. That way, you know, every game we play, you know, we give them that and they pull out a victory for us. And, you know, and like I said, I look forward for Saturday's game. Hopefully we get a win and, and we'll, it'll be weird sitting a, a far away from, from some, you know, from my section I normally at, normally do. But like, like I said, I'll just I extra to you can still sit next to me, man. Okay. Then good. Yeah. So whoever's at 116, you can sit in my seat, I guess. You're on the front. So, but you know, I guess I look forward to it. And like I said, hanging out, talking more soccer there with Royce and, and Harry there at the stadium. And, and thank Jonathan again for coming on today with all his insight. So yeah, check make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. A lot of great soccer information there too. So my final thought, and number one, uh, this is kind of breaking news from the Striker Texas, El Paso Locomotive to start the season at 70% uh, capacity. So I'm wondering if uh, SAFC may revisit uh, their, what, 30, 40%, I think is where they're at right now. Um, and I know it depends on your area here, but El Paso is coming out at 70% uh, based uh, you know, on an on a article by Joe Rodriguez this afternoon. Uh, so my final thought, um, I saw a report uh, on social media, t you know, today here. People are getting the first vaccine, um, but not getting the second vaccine. Um, I know there could be uh, some side effects. I go in for mine uh, next Tuesday. My wife gets hers on on uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, Sunday. Um, please, if you get the first shot, get the second shot. You know, to, you know, protect yourself. Don't don't stop halfway through. 
uh, you know, uh, for that here. Um, still wear a mask, still wash your hands. You know, you should be washing your hands all the time anyway. So uh, that was probably the best thing uh, that my kids have learned here is they wash their hands out a whole lot more now than what they used to, which, which is a good thing here. So, um, but to me, it's a start of a season. Um, we're still going to see kind of how the season starts here uh, to see if we're going to do, you know, the pre-match uh, for that here and possibilities for that later on. Uh, for that here because I, I thought that that did well last year. However, um, I plan on being at the pre-games uh, for that here, so that makes that a little bit more difficult than last year. So, you know, we'll still try to see what we can do to uh, expand the coverage. Um, but, you know, whether it's our podcast, which hopefully it is, um, you know, I know there's a couple others, uh, you know, Pro, uh, Pro FC, uh, you know, give them a shot as well, um, you know, for that here. But uh, let everybody, support you know, support each other. Um, and you know, let's support SAFC because I think they're going to have a really good season this year uh, for that here. And to us, how we get San Antonio FC packed again is by word of mouth. And you kind of saw that on social media here, where uh, SAFC is saying, "Hey, you know, tell a friend to come." Um, so um, if you got some friends, bring them. If you've got some extra tickets, if you're not planning on using them. Um, you know, it's, it's time to get the band back together, get the barbecue pits rolling, get the, uh, uh, beverages, get the chairs out, you know, for, you know, for the parking lot here, um, and, and have a great fun, but safe season here. And we're going to end the show as we always do. Uh, what's life without goals. I hope everybody has a great week and see you next Monday.